2: almost every all the westerners there got their 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 holy names and <coughs> maharaji had uh, ramdas had a bus a volkswagen bus that he bought for some other westerners we were traveling around in that bus and then at one point maharaji looked at, at ramdas and he said ramdas you're a saint you can't drive get the keys to him to me so at that point my name became driver and anytime Maharaji wanted my attention he said driver driver do this, driver do that it was kind of cool driver's stuff, you know, kind of cool but after quite a while I thought you know, why am I driver? Everybody else is this das or that das or this devi or that devi. I'm driver so of course Krishna was Arjun's driver in the battle of the Mahabharata but that didn't doing up for me, just thinking that. So, um, I just, one day in my diary, I wrote, uh, well, I guess it'll always be driver in the morning. And then later on in the day, we went to Kenchi, and I got called into Maharaji's room, and he looked at me and said, Arjun, nay, Krishna, nay, Krishna Das. I looked at him, I said, Krishna Das? What's the deal? I'm a Hanuman guy. What's this Krishna stuff? He just laughed. He laughed. He said, oh, Hanuman served Krishna too. And that's true, of course. Well, first of all, Krishna and Ram are also, they're all, they're both incarnations of the same being, forms of the same being, Krishna. But uh, Hanuman, of course, is uh, from the story of Ram. And it turns out that in, in, the, in the great battle of the Mahabharata, uh, Krishna was acting as Arjuna's charioteer. He vowed not to fight and not to take sides. So he he uh, wound up being uh, Arjuna, Arjuna's charioteer. And fight, you know, in the, they fought with chariots and super and you know atomic missiles. Their arrows had these mantras on them. The shaktis, this power, and according to how much they could concentrate, that's how powerful the missile was. So the group, most successful warriors are the, were the ones with better and better and better concentration because they could infuse that missile with the power, that arrow with the power of this uh, shakti, this divine astral energy. So, um, so all during the war, other, other warriors' chariots were blown up and had to be replaced because they were always getting hit by these missiles. So, anyway, when the war was over, uh, Krishna drives Arjun up on this hill and he says, every day during the battle, I have gotten off the chariot first and helped you down because as your charioteer, that's my job. But today is different. Today you get off first and run as fast as you can and as far away as you can. So Arjun jumps off the chariots and he starts running as far as he can. Then Krishna steps off. And as Krishna steps off the chariot, there was a flag, a battle flag on the chariot, on the pole. It was a white flag with a red flying monkey. And when Krishna got off the chariot, the monkey flew out of the flag, up into the sky, and the chariot exploded in a million pieces. And Krishna said to Arjun, didn't you ever wonder why your chariot uh, didn't blow up? It was because Hanuman was sitting on the flag, in the flag, and absorbing all the missiles shot at you. Nothing can hurt Hanuman. So that's the deal. That's one of the things. So, Krishna Das. What was talk- to it like-, like to talk to Maharaji face to face? I'm asking this because whenever I see his pictures, his eyes, I see in him nothing but being. Nothing he is, Everything. I see, him, I see in him nothing but being. He's everything at the same time. Yeah, you know, Maharaji can control what he showed you. And if uh, at any moment he could open up your mind, open up your heart, your vision, and, and reveal different things to you. Mostly he hid himself in that blanket. And Dada, his great devotee, used to say that Maharaji has two blankets, one outside blanket that hides his physical body from us, because apparently he was always taking on other people's karma and breaking out into sores and bruises and all kinds of things, and then they would just disappear after a certain amount of time. But Dada said he also had an inner blanket that veiled his reality from us, because we couldn't take it. We wouldn't be able to take it. That might be a little bit hard to process for most people, but one night uh, at Dada's house, we were, there were all the Westerners were there, and Maharaji was there, and the Westerners were eating, but I finished eating, and I walked down onto the porch at Dada's house. Beautiful little porch outside in the cool evening, and when I walked down on the porch, I saw Maharaja was sitting out on the porch in a chair, and he was looking off into space and um, he was looking off in the, in the other direction, so I walked around and I sat in front of him, and I took his feet you know to to rub his feet and he had been completely absorbed in something and he turned around and his eyes were just wide. Like, I'm, it was really, uh, wow. And immediately, though, they softened. And he went, ha, ah, ha, ha, very good, very good. You know, and the chow, get out of here. <laughs> that millisecond, of seeing him unveiled, in a sense, uncovered, was so powerful, I almost went into shock. And later that night, in my dreams, I had one of the most magnificent dreams that I ever had, and it was all a result of that millisecond before he covered himself. So... And don't ask what the dream was, because I ain't going to tell you. But it was essentially the dream of my whole life, of what my life would be inside, so to speak. It was just incredible. He was always with people. He was always with householders and devotees and He was open. Anyone could come. So he had to protect people from getting burnt alive, you know, in a sense. Uh, And he he did, of course, Uh, because he knew what to do and how to do it and when to do it. So. So but most of the time sitting with him was just like sitting with your your favorite grandfather or something like that sweet and laughing and joking and asking silly questions and uh, playing with your hair and throwing fruit around it was this extraordinarily extraordinarily warm sweet space and everybody was pulled into it everybody was allowed in and uh if you all of a sudden, you started thinking about something and you kind of got out of the space and you were like starting to crash and thinking about your own bullshit and what an asshole you were and why do you always act like that and you shouldn't have said that, boom, you get hit with an apple or a banana. And Maharaj said, and you were back. That's how he taught. He kept bringing us back into that space. He didn't give lectures. He used to give short little key statements like, love everyone, you know, okay, how, you know, that kind of thing. But he didn't give lectures about yoga and philosophy and all that. One time, I say, what was that, what happened? There's a saying in India that those who know don't say. And those who say don't know. And I don't know, one time my guru by Balaram Das said that to Maharaji in response to some question. Maharaji went, Nay, they know. <laughs> so, yeah. Could I explain some of the things we can reflect on while doing the mantra OM Mani PADME HUM? Well, I'm not an expert on these on this Tibetan practices like this, but I don't know how different... Uh, from my side, you repeat the mantra... And the mantra means that the jewel in the lotus, which is the heart. Hum means boom, back to the heart. Padma is lotus, Mani is jewel. And Om, I guess you could say Om is the jewel in the lotus of the heart, the reality. And <clears throat> this mantra is uh, set to bring the, the compassion mantra. And it's the mantra of Chenrezig Lokiteshwar, who's the the, uh, bodhisattva of compassion and the male aspect of Tara who is also bodhisattva of compassion. So uh, one can reflect on the wideness, widening your heart, opening your heart, allowing all beings in that everyone is that has that jewel everyone is inside of that heart but also it's a question of and it's been practiced they 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 accrue many many repetitions of these mantras and usually they're counted because they have in the preliminary exercises they have to do a hundred thousand repetitions of that or more There's just, uh, somebody's asking about the uh, the Ayurvedic doctor who cured Dada's uh, skin re- situation. Dada had, he was very dark. He was in Bengali. But at some point, he something happened. He may have even had skin cancer. His skin literally turned black. It, it was not healthy. It was some real problem. And... He had no help, and this very old Ayurvedic doctor who had already retired. Uh, somehow he came to meet Dada, and he said, "I'll I'll cure this," you know. And he started giving Dada medicine, and Dada was cured. and And shortly after that, the Ayurvedic guy died. I don't think it had, I don't think it had any connection. He was already very old and had retired. So it's possible, of course, but that's all I know. I refer a lot to the Upanishads. I do. When? (laughs) Maharaja didn't teach us about the Upanishads. He taught us about Ram, Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram, Hanuman. We didn't talk much about Upanishads and stuff like that. I live in a place with no temples, no devotees that I know of. How can I find a teacher? You feel lost. You're not lost. You're exactly where you are. And there's no reason to wait for somebody to find you or to try to find anybody else. Start working on your stuff. Do you know the mantras? you know the name? Start repeating. Do some practice. That will open up things to change that you want. I don't sit around and mope all the time. Do something. How's that for compassion? (laughs) What's the best way to forgive myself for years of self-destructive behavior? Ah. A topic close to my heart. Well forgive yourself for what did you have a choice you know i i all the all the stuff i i did to myself at the time i didn't feel i had a choice i was being pushed and driven by my own stuff and the idea of, of having a choice never even arose so what's to forgive you were doing the best you could it wasn't very good maybe but we we did the best we could considering the state we were in. So now, you might be finished with some of that behavior, but judging yourself harshly for things you've done in the past is the same kind of behavior. That's also destructive. Self-hatred. Self-judgment. So, the best way to forgive yourself for things you did in the past is to forgive yourself right now. Is to let go of judging yourself. And... Start now. Past is gone. Future is not here yet. Now is now. Now is here. Now is when you can theoretically make the choices that you want to make for your, about your actions and your behavior. So if you find it hard to forgive yourself, uh, which it is sometimes very hard to forgive ourselves for hurting others as well, not just ourselves it's sometimes useful to reflect on how hard it is for anyone, for all of us, to not hurt other people and not hurt ourselves. And that we're just like everybody else. We're human beings. And we were trained by our parents our school our friends our teachers our life experiences just the way other people were trained that way and uh in this culture we don't get a lot of training about how to be a good person and how not to hurt ourselves we get training in how to be aggressive and ambitious and get as much stuff as we can and uh And try to find everything that we need on the outside. As far as the inner world, we don't get much training at all. So, whose fault is that? You know, that's just the culture that we were born in. But you can still get in there and see what's going on. You can see that you're being hard on yourself, even now. When, you're not, when you think you're, you're not still doing that stuff. And you try to let go of it. You try to be kind to yourself and not, not be so hard. It's really hard not to be hard on ourselves. So practice, of course, is something that feeds us in a certain kind of way that will, over time, change the way we go through our day, change the way we move through our life. It will bring much more juice, much more warmth, much more love and compassion and kindness into our lives. That's what it's for. That's what it does. In Buddhism, they call the four Brahma Viharas, or the abodes of the divine. There are four of them. One is equanimity. One is loving kindness one is compassion and one is called spontaneous joy at another's joy spontaneous you see someone happy and you get happy that's supposed to be the hardest one by the way because when somebody else gets happy it's like where do i get some of that it's as if happiness is in a limited quantity and if somebody else happened has it there's less for you not true But anyway, the four Brahma Viharas. And essentially it means like, when you're God, this is what you're going to feel. When you're free, when you're liberated, this is what you'll be feeling. Equanimity, peace. Kindness, loving kindness. Compassion and joy. So, we can cultivate those qualities also. Sharon Salzberg, my friend Sharon this wonderful teacher of loving kindness meditation, and she talks a lot about how to do that and how to cultivate those qualities of joy and peace and and love, Sharon Salzberg. Someone wrote and asked if I could do a chant for her son who died on April 2nd. And uh, of course, of course we will. And we'll also include everyone who has died, especially in these very, very difficult times. Bob Thurman, my friend, yeah, he, he's one of the few people in the world who do not edit what comes out of their mouths. They say what they feel, regardless of who's there or what's going on. And Bob has said at times there are no dead beings. You don't know, there are no dead beings. The bodies come and go. The karma of the body wears out, finishes, but the being is not only alive but present. And and uh, you can feel that presence, you can feel that love, even if the body is gone. And of course it's very emotional. We we don't we, we hurt so much when we miss that person, but you know what we're doing here, gathering like this online, body less. Arangi, bodiless. Without the body, we're gathering in, in this space together. And we're feeling that. We're all connected right now. Without our bodies. So, but of course, Everything we do, eventually, our only motivation for doing it is to help others. Eventually. We're no longer trying to get our little hit. We're no longer trying to fulfill this desire, that desire. They've faded away. They've dissolved into this deep love for everyone, deep acceptance and openness. And so everything we do becomes, the motivation becomes compassion. This is what the great beings, this is why we even know about them, because they've hung out here for us. So, it's okay to miss someone, but also recognize while you're missing them, you're feeling them. And when I miss my dear friends who have passed away, passed beyond this world, I cry, but I feel the love also. I feel the presence. But I'm still allowed to cry if I feel like it. Why not? So... Somebody's asking about Mr. Tuari, my Indian father and teacher. Yes, there is a film being made about his life, a little bit about him. Don't know when it's going to be finished, so Uh, you'll know. Um, And he's asking about uh, a little bit about him, how we became close after Maharaji or while Maharaji was there. We did meet... Tawari, while Maharaji was still in the body. In fact, uh, all of the Westerners at one point were invited to his house for a meal. It was very lovely. But it wasn't until after Maharaji left the the body that I got much closer with the family. Uh, Today, while I was on the the, the, uh, uh, Instagram call with, uh, program with uh, Brazil, I saw... One of my uh, nieces said, "Hello Katie Uncle from India <laughs> so yeah, but I to and I got close later and we later and we, we were very close for many, many years uh, It took me a while to trust him because he would jab me you know he would he would do things to piss me off. Like if I was sitting quietly, he would ask me to sing. And I would like, <clears throat> you know? And it was funny. Then he would say something to me and then he'd look at me and say like, uh, you will fight upon me now? He loved to argue and fight, you know? And we'd be, we'd be nose to nose, eye to eye, and, you know, you know, yelling at each other. And it was fantastic. I mean, who can you yell at? Everybody's so uptight in the West now. Don't say this, don't say that, don't say this. This was like knockdown, drag-out war about spiritual things. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Supper's just another guna? I mean, crazy stuff, you know? And he loved, and I loved it too, because in my house, don't look at me like, Don't don't raise your voice to me. That's the way it was growing up. so to be part of a family that where everything was allowed, and there was no possibility that anyone would throw you out of their heart. That was extraordinary. It was a functional family. Who knew? Who knew? So And he always gave me the bottom line about things. the bottom line truth. Whatever I brought to him, whatever crazy Western shit I brought to him, he would always give me the bottom line, point out what's really going on there. It was unbelievable. And and as time went on, I trusted him completely, completely. And that's also a great blessing, to be able to trust someone with your life even completely. I was working on something, I was praying to Maharaji, but it didn't happen. And for a while, I lost faith. How to avoid ups and downs of my faith and just be consistent with prayers? Well, it's called surrender. And surrender happens by grace, not by our own will. Uh, The ego will never give up. Forget about it. Not going to happen. Uh, Ramana Maharshi always says asking the ego or the mind to kill them itself uh, is like asking the thief to be the policeman. There'll be a lot of investigation, but no arrest will ever be made. And it's like that the ego, the so called ego, will, will never, never stop trying to perpetuate itself and hide and. St- keep its own position so when you pray for something and you you think you don't get it uh, was that had you surrendered if you surrender then you can't tell god what to do or guru what to do you you only accept whatever happens as their will because if they wanted to change it or if it was best for you to change it that's what they would have done So, uh, the the way to get some what did you say about this uh, consistent is just uh, to keep being disappointed and then giving up the disappointment again and again and stop trying to impose your will on the universe that's how you get peace of mind when you let go if you keep trying to drive the car off of a cliff and you prevent it, and you get angry, what, you know, really? And that's what most of our stuff is about. We want this, we want that, we want this. We don't care what it means. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care if it's good or bad for us. We want it and that's enough. And if we don't get it, when we say we want it, forget, forget that I might come to you in six months or a year. But if you don't get it now, the way you ask for it, the way you want it, then there's no God. And that's the same God that you're going to pray to tomorrow when you get over being such a jerk. That's what we do. A lot of questions about how to deal with emotional issues. Um, first thing is to keep breathing and survive the intensity of emotion because you know, as time goes on, those emotions will calm down and the attachment that we felt for this person or that person will lessen, usually. Um, it's our attachments that get us into these situations and it's our attachments that cause us suffering when the situation changes. (sighs) There's not much you can do about it, Uh, especially if you haven't been developing a practice regularly over time, because it's this inner strength that you get from Regular practice, regular trying to let go, regular recognition of being lost, etc., and coming back. That's what gives us the inner muscles. So and it also changes the way we get attached to other people and get involved with other people. There's much more freedom in it. There's much more lightness in it. It's maybe not so needy. So when we're not getting what we want and we we crash, uh, if we have a little bit of that practice going on, it really can help the way we go through that stuff. (coughs) So there's no quick answers. It's life. You got to live it. And you go this way and it goes this way. It's always back and forth, up and down. You know, Buddhism is very clear about this stuff. They call it the pairs of opposites. When there's pleasure, there's no pain. When there's no pleasure, there's pain. Pleasure and pain, opposites. When there's fame, there's no shame. When there's no fame, there's shame. When there's loss, there's no gain. When there's no loss, there's gain. All These are called the pairs of opposites. There's millions of them. And we go back and forth from one to the other, from feeling loved to feeling not loved, etc., etc., etc. That's not real love. Read Sharon's book called "Real Love." You'll find out what real love is. That's emotional. <clears throat> it comes and goes. It's changing all the time. It's based on on giving and taking, someone gives you something, you feel good, and you give to someone else, they feel good, if someone takes something back, you feel bad, and if you take something back, the person feels bad, this is what relationships, part of what relationships can be about, not the whole thing, but there's a lot of that give and take and business in relationships. Any mantra that you sing, any one of God's names is good for everything. It's like, it's the best thing you can do for any situation is to chant the name of God. If you can. Sometimes when you're really suffering, you can't even do that. So I don't know any kind of specific mantras for, for you know, how to do this, how to do that. I just want the love. You know, I'm very kind of a one-trick pony. I just want that love. And any any mantra that would be given to me to help me get stuff that I want, I don't even want that mantra because if I get that stuff, it's just going to be more attachment for me. So the idea of, of the names is that It brings us an inner presence and an inner strength to accept whatever happens, or has happened, or is going to happen, in the best way that we can. And you can always offer your your chanting for the sake of some other being. You know, I want to share the the, the merit. You know, the good karmas of the practice that I'm doing with all beings or this being or that being, that's a practice. You can do that.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash/be here now today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot com/slash/be here now.
2: You know, more 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 questions about how to deal with feelings. Most of the feelings that people are asking about are, are painful feelings. Feelings of separation, isolation, of, of not, of being hurt in relationships. You know, where are you going to go to get away from that stuff? So trying to cultivate a, some kind of practice. It doesn't have to be, you know, meditation. Sitting like this it can be chanting, it can be japa, can be watching the breath. Easy. That will help you dissolve that glue that holds us to these heavy emotions. We are not the emotions, but we're glued to them. So through the repetition of the name and other practices, that glue is loosened and then they float away. They may come back, but they keep floating away. The thoughts come, the thoughts go. So there's no quick button to push. And these times, everybody wants a button. Frantically scrambling, trying to find that button. But So now, start practice. That's what this period is, is showing us, that without a spiritual practice, it's harder than ever to deal with this stuff. So you have to start somewhere. Now would be a good time. somebody's asking me about my faith has my faith ever wavered Um, no my faith in him Maharaji to do the best thing for me has never wavered my faith in myself that I'll screw up as much as possible has also never wavered. So those two faiths I have, I don't doubt him, I doubt me. The, the path is there, he's there. Can I walk it? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. What's in the small glass container next to the wooden Buddha, that Buddha. You see the Buddha? Where is Buddha? There he is, yeah. That was carved by a friend of mine out of a big block of wood. It's really unbelievable. So beautiful. Uh, this, this is ashes from uh, the Durga Puja ceremony in, at Kenchi in the temple there. <clears throat> Uh, Siddhima gave me those a long time ago. Okay, that's the questions for today. Let's hope I don't get more cramps. <laughs>
1: Jim Shri Mata Di. Jai Matre nama, Om Shri Matre nama, Jai Be Gauri, Jai Shama. Om Shri Matri Namah Om Shri Matri Om Shri Matri Namah Shem Begardi Yes, I'm big, 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 for God. Hey. ¡Eh! Hey. And yeah,
2: Like I said before, in some way, everything, all the practice we do, any practice we do, any chanting we do, any meditation, it is, it helps everyone in the universe, all souls, all beings. Because we are also connected to all those beings, but also, at the same time, it it can deepen our attention and feeling if we dedicate that practice to helping all beings. And if we know someone in pain, someone suffering, we can bring them to mind and offer them the fruits of this practice, whatever we're doing. So since someone asked tonight, Let's dedicate this Hanuman Chalisa to all beings who are lost and afraid, who are hungry, who are thirsty, who are suffering everywhere in all worlds. And we'll start off with a specific prayer that does that, which is the prayer that Bernie gave to me. Offered to me the hungry hearts prayer we call it.
1: calling out to hungry hearts everywhere through endless time, you who wander you who thirst, I offer you this heart of mine, calling out to hungry spirits everywhere through endless time, calling out to hungry hearts, all the lost and the left behind. Gather on and share this meal. Your joy and your sorrow, I make it mine. One more time. Calling out to hungry hearts Everywhere through endless time You who wander, you who thirst i offer you this boldly mind calling out to hungry spirits everywhere through endless time calling out to hungry hearts all the lost and the left behind gather around and share this meal Your joy and your sorrow, I make it mine. And now, let's sing Hanuman Chalisa and let the
2: Chalisa distribute that prayer to all beings everywhere.
1: Viguru Charna Saroja Raja Nijammanum Makur Sudhari Varnaragubharabhama Vajjasu Jodayaka Alchari Budhi Hina Tanujan Janke Sumeram Pavan Kumar Siyaram Balbudhi Vidya Tehu Mohi Haru Khaleesa Dukhara Syaavara Ramachandapada Jesharanam Jaya Hanlumana Khyan Nagunasad Jaya Kapisa Tehu Loka Puja Ramadurta Atulta Baladham Anjani Putra Sutana namaha bikram krma bhagavan Sumatikesan nevar sumati kesan ancha navara navaraj kesa at Bajura uru dwaja kande Shankara, shankarasuvan kesarinanta teja pratap maha jagavam Guni, gune atichato aapaka jukare me korasi rama Sita, seetama Ukshma-rupa-da-de-siya-hindekam rupa kajaram de lan kaj rupa Ramachandra-ke-kaja-sanvam vana lak an ni aye har Bhagupati kini bohut barai Tumma mamma priya pradatai sammavai Sa asa badan tumma rojasaga Asa kahi kantalaga Sa nakadika brahmani munisa Naradha sharadha sahita ahisa makuber ega pad jante kabhi ko dikha sake kaante maupkar subre vaankin ramam laaya rajpad din maramantra be besh namamankeshavar bay sab jang Kasahasra jo janna parabhan, dhile otahi murdura Prabhu murdreka nele mukamahi, jala dilange gaya charajanahi, durgam kejete, sugam anogahatumare ram madhu wale sumarakwa putra agya bino pe zar sab sukh lahe tumhari sharan tumhara chakkar ko dar apna tej samaro ape ninon lok kahau ka pershaashukt nahi aave mahavir javanam naam suna na se rog hare sab anuman bachan bhara ram tapasvi inake kad sakal tuma Choko o ramanor to cho sove ambet che Sadhu Sant ke mera kavari suranikand Ramdula. Ashu se Siddhino de ke dasta asobar din mata Ramrasayan tumare paas sadharo ragupati ke das. Mare bhajan rama ko janma janam makedu kabisaral, anta kala ragubar pura jayi, jahan janam hari bhakti kahai, aur devatachit nadarayi, anumat se sarav sukha karayi, Samkatta kate mette sabhapir, jo je je gosai, kupakaro gurudevakinai, jo satta barapatta kadakoi, oya oh, yeah, paranam chalisa oya oh, yeah, siddh sakega ris tulsi das sadhar da chera kijdena undayamande avan tanaya Ramalakana Sita Sahitam Purdeva Sau Suragupa Sivara Ramachandra Mangala Murti Arthananda Sakala Amangala Nula Murti Sri Ram De Ram De De Ram Sri Ram De Ram De Ram Ram De you, this heart of mine Calling out to hungry spirits Everywhere through endless time Calling out to hungry hearts All the lost and the left behind Gather around and share this meal your joy and your sorrow I make it mine
2: If we know anything about a path at all.
1: If we know that there might be a way to live
2: in this world, in a good way, with an open heart, maybe some peace of mind, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish, that all beings everywhere, all of us, be safe, that all of us be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart, with whatever comes to us in life. Take good care, hope to see you next week. Namaste, be well.